Assalamu alaikum, this is Hareem Gilani from Enlightism. We are here with our first ever podcast where we talk with influential people and get to know them on a personal level. As our first guest, we have Nabiha Ahmed. She's currently a third year university uh, student at Minerva University in Taiwan. She has a double major in social sciences and business, specializing in economics and society and managing operational complexity. Assalamu alaikum, Nabiha. I hope you're doing, doing well. You've started a university project recently, which focuses on providing guidance to Pakistani students who are hoping to apply into prestigious universities. Can you describe your project in detail for the audience? Wa alaikum assalam. Firstly, jazakallah khair for having me here. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, and secondly, just a slight clarification. Uh, my university is based in the United States. I'm just uh, in Taiwan on sort of like an exchange semester, and I'll talk more about it as we uh, progress oh, okay. further. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about the project. So uh, because I'm a final year student at Minerva at the moment, uh, about to enter my final year, sorry, we have this um, thing called Capstone, which is just basically us uh, putting um, everything that we've learned together and show, sort of showing the university how we can apply these skills in a um, practical application manner. And so the project that I'm about to start, inshallah, soon is uh, basically called Info Education. And uh, this is based on my own experience as well as the experience of those around me. Uh, I have talked to current um, students in colleges in Pakistan, and one of the biggest problems we have is the lack of uh, career guidance. Uh, I went through a horrible time myself, despite being in one of the best schools uh, in Pakistan, and I understand that's privilege. But I just, you know, sometimes think that if it's that bad there, then it's probably worse everywhere else. So um, the project that I'm starting is relatively small scale. Uh, I hope it inshallah generates impact, but it's just going to be me talking to different students in uh, prestigious universities within Pakistan as well as out of Pakistan. Uh, when I talk to individuals outside of Pakistan, I'm going to be focusing on students who are on aid, preferably and slash or scholarships, uh, just so that uh, you know it's more inclusive as well as it's more re relatable for the Pakistani audience, which I can understand requires aid, especially if they're considering studying abroad. Um, the project will basically be a conversation, a podcast, um, which is going to talk about their struggles, uh, what caused them to succeed within their university applications, what their failures were, what they learned from them. This is going to be one aspect. But then the second aspect is going to focus on the opportunities that exist within Pakistan. So I know for a fact that, you know, growing up myself, there were lots of opportunities that were present in Pakistan, but a lot of students didn't know about them, partly because they're not marketed well, but also because, you know, there's a lack of interest in a lot of these areas. Um, and so I hope that by, you know, talking to these individuals and when my audience hears about their experiences, they'll get the inspiration as well as the knowledge required to participate in these um, extracurriculars, which is then going to help them in many different ways, I think, as hopefully we'll discuss in this specific podcast uh, in their futures, not just within their you know, university applications, but also within you know, shaping them as responsible and innovative Pakistani thinkers, inshallah. That's amazing to hear. Um, we truly do need to provide counseling for our young students who find it difficult to apply into universities. We really do need counseling so students, especially young girls and um, people who are in OA levels, they mostly uh, look to apply abroad or options the counseling fees are fees are usually very high or pay karna bahut mushkil ho jata hai. 
extracurricular activities have been uh, have played a major role in your academics if i'm correct right uh, you have yes. been a public speaker um, you have participated in athletics and music how in your opinion has it impacted you and how does it play a role in your practical life right so uh, i think this is one of the most important questions we'll discuss today um i have participated in lots of extracurriculars and i was more focused in extracurriculars than academics to be very honest especially within my o level years um i think the short answer to how extracurriculars have shaped me is basically it's provided a somewhat of a safe way of learning so you are being exposed to the real world you are being you know you're being exposed to human interaction in a completely different setting you're being exposed to uh, different sorts of people how to deal with them you are um, being exposed to a healthy competition for the most part there's so much that you're being exposed to but it's within a very controlled environment because one you're still a child and you are under supervision um and two because obviously at the end of the day it is just an extracurricular right it doesn't have lifelong implications for you even if you don't succeed at it so i think it's been a very emotionally um it it's been a very efficient way of regulating emotions as well as uh developing an acumen to sort of deal with people of different kinds from all walks of life as well as being able to you know communicate because i think one thing that people don't understand is that you can't talk to everyone the same way um people do understand this but i think they understand it way later in life this is an essential skill that you should have very early on you should be able to gauge what sort of an individual you're talking to and you should you know come down to their level uh use words that they understand and so when you are exposed to um this safe way of learning as uh, i'd like to put it you learn a lot but you're not you know uh you're learning in an environment which is emotionally way less harmful than it would have been had you you know been exposed to these circumstances within the real world which then have lifelong implications for you yeah you get to know people you fail you you fail quite a lot uh based on my personal experiences but i think the the way that failures teach you and the lessons that failures teach you success never will so you you know you burn under the sun you work hard you meet failure you learn how to deal with failure you learn to distinguish between healthy competition and unhealthy competition you learn your role in not just the society in you know your conduct you also learn um so much about yourself what you like what you don't like what you're good at what you're bad at and i think you know by the time you enter the real world and by the real world i mean sometime university maybe um you're very well aware of who you are and i think that really helps you become a secure individual and i feel that security as an individual is very 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 important because you will have so much competition in the real world that if you are not you know secure in yourself if you're not confident in uh, confident in your abilities if you're not aware of what your weaknesses are and where you need to work then it's very easy to fall prey to a lot of different factors such as um maybe imposter syndrome which by the way you still fall into but you just regulate it a little bit better especially if you're in a very competitive environment university wise and slash or work wise uh so yeah you're better equipped i guess of uh, to deal with a lot of things that come your way because you've been through something similar before and you've learned your lesson i personally agree as well that extracurriculars help a lot in character development and grooming for your practical life after university acha our next 
question is a bit similar to the previous one. What we all know that in our, in our resumes and in university applications, extracurriculars and passion projects play a major role, right? But what do you think is the importance of them besides it? Um, I think I alluded to this uh, in the previous answer. Um, one thing that it has really helped me personally in is developing communication. Like I talked about, you know, being able to talk to people from all walks of life, all ages. Um, I think it's also, it, it gives you a um, practical exposure to the problems that your society is facing. So maybe, you know, if you come from uh, urban areas within Pakistan, the problems that you will face, uh, the problems that you will observe are very different. And sometimes you will never know the realities of the rural areas and like, and you know, it's vice versa. But when you, you know, take part in extracurriculars, most extracurriculars expose you to a different setting from the one you're used to. So this could be maybe going to a different neighborhood. It could be going to a different uh, neighborhood of a different socioeconomic status. It could be, you know, for example, within swimming, uh, I don't know for a fact that different provinces come and compete uh, in different provinces. And so sometimes the competition is being hosted by Islamabad, other times Lahore, other times uh, Karachi. But there are individuals from all walks of life attending these competitions, Balochistan, um, KPK, um, and obviously Sindh, Punjab. Um, but majority of our competition comes from Sindh. So uh, basically, when you are you know, being exposed to all of these realities, you're developing a practical set of um, skills, one. To that observant eye, whatever it catches at that time, because you're in your formative years, you are basically an individual that is picking up things, you know, at this point in time, maybe you don't have the solutions for it. But once you are equipped with the knowledge later on in life, you will remember these experiences and these experiences are going to help you solve a lot of things. There's only so much that books can give you and I'm all for research and I'm all for reading and all of that. But I think the practical experiences, what they teach you, um, nothing, nothing else ever will. And so, like you said, from a character perspective, it's really important, you know, you, you put in situations where you have to be honest and honesty is one of the most difficult things that, you know, an individual can build into their character because it's very easy to lie, right? It's very, very, very easy to lie, but it becomes harder and harder gradually. Once, you know, you, you tell one lie, then you have to tell another lie, then, you know, you lose track of the lies you're telling. And so at one point in time, you learn that, you know, honesty is just the best way to go about it. If you have made a mistake, it's best to own up to it because you have to own up to it. That is what character is about. And sometimes it takes you certain experiences for you to learn that. Aside from that, I think the good thing about extracurriculars is that it helps you build lifelong relationships. Um, unfortunately, in Pakistan, at least for me, the word networking had a very, very, very negative impact. It sort of felt like you're getting um, acquainted with someone just to use them or just to exploit them in some way, shape, form. Uh, but I think that extracurriculars help you network. And specifically within the social sciences and business domain, you're only as strong as your network allows you to be, right? There's no singular individual that has gone on to generate impact. It's always a community effort. It's always going to be individuals that, you know, are behind you, that are holding your back, that you can fall back on. Um, everyone's success lies on the other individual. And so, and I really want to talk about uh, network and community building as we progress further. But I think that that network that you develop, those people that you become friends with, those individuals then go on to, you know, shape you in lots of different ways. You learn from their experiences as well. And I think that's really important. 
the last thing that I would like to say as importance of extracurriculars is uh, with respect to the point I made earlier on, uh, it really helps you discover yourself. It, it, you realize that, you know, sometimes you're in love with the idea of something, but you don't actually enjoy it. And what better way to test it than, you know, um, when you're at, when you're young and you have that margin to fail, because obviously um, you cannot afford to fail after a certain point in life. Um, I know that's a bold claim to make, but I'm only making it from a practical perspective. You have responsibilities, you have other um, individuals be dependent on you. Uh, and this is that one period of time in life where you're completely free of major responsibilities. So you can fail. And I think, again, the way that you discover yourself after facing failure is uh, it's it's necessary. It's it's something that will teach you so, so, so much. And so I think, yeah, the importance of extracurriculars is finding out about yourself, uh, learning how to fail and being humble during your success. So you do agree that extracurricular and studies are both equally important, right? Yes, I would say that they're both really important, but I will also claim here that um, you it, it will never be a 50-50 split. Uh, it's never going to be, you know, I'm going to dedicate 50% of my time to extracurriculars and 50% of my time to studies. That's a very idealistic way of thinking about it. And unless and, unless and until, you know, you're a wonderful time manager, um, which honestly, I've never come across such an individual, it will never be a 50-50 split. You will naturally... Uh, you know, find yourself doing more of something and that, that's not necessarily bad. Um, I do think that academics are important from the standpoint that obviously extracurriculars are teaching you all of this, they're grooming you as an individual, but that doesn't discount you actually taking in knowledge that extracurriculars then refine, right? So extracurriculars themselves can't do anything till academics, you know, sort of put that knowledge inside of you. Um, and so, yeah, I agree that um, both of them are important in their own ways, but uh, I don't think that there's necessarily an equal aspect. There is going to be some disparity. Okay, acha. This is the question to which every student wants to know the answer to. How did you in your OA levels manage both your extracurriculars and your academics? How much time did you give both of them, especially before CIEs, like the last years? You <laughs> are मेरे खानदान वाले देखेंगे मेरे छोटे भाई बहन कजिन्स देखेंगे ओके अ वेरी ऑनेस्ट आंसर इज आई नॉट दिस इज नॉट वन फॉर्मूला फॉर सक्सेस दिस इज जस्ट समथिंग दैट वर्क फॉर मी एंड आई हैड टू फाइट अ लॉट टू मेक इट वर्क वेरी ऑनेस्टली आई न्यू इनहेरेंटली दैट एकेडेमिक्स आर द मोस्ट इम्पोर्टेंट एस्पेक्ट ऑफ माई लाइफ पहाप्स एंड दिस इज partially shaped by uh, my family background. They're all very uh, learned individuals, Alhamdulillah, uh, doing amazing things in their careers. Um, and it's also shaped by the fact that I knew that in order to make a change in this world, I need to be equipped with the knowledge necessary to initiate that change. So academics is something that I hold very close, but I disagreed with the way that knowledge was imparted in Pakistan, specifically within O-levels. Um, it became a rata system, very honestly, for most subjects. Uh, if my answer was never a part of the mark scheme, even if it was correct, I was rarely ever given the marks for it. And so, you know, I had this very um, 
it, it became sort of like a love-hate relationship between me and academics. Um, and obviously extracurriculars was that one aspect that welcomed me completely, you know, I just had to go and put in that effort and there'd be no mark scheme. There'd be no one telling me to rote learn anything. And so I was, na I naturally gravitated towards uh, extracurriculars. Um, and then Alhamdulillah, uh, later on, you know, it, it started paying off as well. Uh, I started swimming at the age of two. My father taught me when I was two years old, all the way till four years old. And by five years old, I was swimming uh, perfectly well. Uh, but it wasn't until I was 12 or 13 years old that I joined the national team. So, um, you know, I think that when you're talking about managing academics and extracurriculars, like I said, it's never going to be a 50-50 split, but you have to know when to prioritize what, right? So I'll give you an example from my, from my personal life. Um, when I knew that the swimming competition was coming near, I would be 110% hyper-focused on, you know, fixing my form or fixing my stroke. And of course that required, you know, extra dedication to swimming. But then I knew as well that my academics are important. And so as soon as the end of year exams used to, you know, come near, so maybe say a month or two in advance, I would hyper-focus on academics. At that point in time, nothing else was important. So it's all about prioritizing and working very smartly. You have to understand that there are certain things that will not have an impact. For example, monthly tests, right? Those are there sure to check your progress. And I'm not saying don't study for them. I'm not saying, uh, you know, go fail them. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm ever going to claim. But what I will say is, is that the relative importance of a monthly test versus your final exam, and then your final exam versus your Cambridge International exam or your IB DP exams, they're all going to have a different impact on your life and be very careful about the priorities that you set. So I remember very clearly that my uh, swimming competition was right after my monthly tests in ninth grade, the start of ninth grade. And I remember I got 60, 70% uh, in almost all subjects, except one or two where I got 90%. And that was the first time my grade suffered that bad. You know, I was new to O-levels and um, it was a completely different experience and I'm the first born in my family and I hadn't gotten such grades before. So <laughs> my parents are only strict about one thing and that's academic discipline. Uh, they want the grades. And so, you know, it, it, it was a very uh, difficult time, um, you know, to explain to them that, look, I know that I didn't perform in my monthly tests, but that's because my swimming competition is coming up, which I need to focus on. I will make sure to get the grades that you want in the mid-year exams, which, is, which are actually what matter. Um, I'm not going to say that this was an easy conversation. I'm not going to say that they understood. They did not understand till after my CIE result came out and back to the third year or the final year result. I can't blame them because our society has sort of, you know, defined a good student as an individual with, you know, straight A stars throughout their academic career. But our society needs to realize that producing kids that, you know, are just rote learning um, and have no, you know, practical exposure to anything, really, they're not going to be the ones that are going to go on to change the world. They're not going to be the ones to, you know, um, be able to help anyone out in, a, in, in, in an impactful manner. And of course, this doesn't go on for 100% of individuals. But you're limiting the impact that a child can create by not letting them explore what is around them. How are they supposed to know what they like? How are they supposed to know what they dislike? Sometimes I look at the Dr. Bride phenomena and I literally think, 
Um, first, how many of these individuals went into medicine because they wanted to go into medicine versus how many of these individuals went into medicine because they thought it would get them good rishtas, right? And by the way, there's scientific research to prove that majority women in Pakistan go into medicine just to become, um, you know, good potential options for marriages. And that's sad because maybe there's, you know, there's there's the hidden, um, I don't know, there's a hidden athlete in them. Maybe there's a hidden architect in them. Maybe there's a hidden author in them. And because we've ranked, and I'm sorry, I'm getting way off course here, but because we have ranked certain disciplines as higher than others, and because we have, you know, um, inhibited the room for students to explore what their interests are, we are left with the state that we are in right now, where we're demotivated, we genuinely have, you know, and this is reflected in our economic state because we have little to no research and development. We were never taught how to take risks, right? So I think that when you are dealing with uh, extracurriculars and academics, it's really important to learn how to take risks, when to take what risk, what your priorities are, all of these things should be clear. You're never going to have it all. It's almost next to impossible to, you know, um, be an A-star student and be a national swimmer uh, all throughout the three years of O-levels. Yes, it's possible to have all A-stars on your CIE transcript, but you need to understand that if, you know, you are competing against someone who's spending 100% of their time with books, whereas you are just spending 70% and dedicating 30% to maybe something else, then of course the result is not going to be even, at least on a school level, right? But when you are putting in that 100%, maybe three months or four months before that exam, then inshallah, if you have put in the hard work, you will reap the benefits for it. I agree as well that there's a hierarchy system in our in Pakistan, where certain professions are preferred over other professions. Like arts, medicine, engineering are way more preferred over arts or, I don't know, media studies, subjects. Okay, for our next question, did you ever think that at some point of your student life or now that your extra work on the side impacted your studies in a bad way, how did you manage to fix it? I guess it's um, similar to the last question. Yeah, I think I touched upon it a little bit. Uh, what I will say is that I never failed um, in my academics. I always made sure that, you know, uh, I'm prepared enough that, you know, I pass and I pass with a margin. It's not that I just want to get a 50% and just let's just call this a day. Uh, it was always, you know, if you are doing whatever you're studying, if, if you come back home and revise it once, uh, it does stick within your brain uh, enough for you to, you know, get 70, 80 percent in your examination. So the first thing that I will say, which I should have said in the last question, uh, is that as long as you're managing everything that you're doing on a day to day basis, you study something in school, you just come back and look at it for maybe 15 minutes. If it's a math question that you struggled with during class, you come back and solve it once. You are going to be able to recall it later on. That's something that's backed by the science of learning, by the way, which I found out much later on in life. So, yeah, uh, I do think that my studies were compromised uh, in certain points. Um, I do think that beyond extracurriculars, there were other reasonings as well, uh, such as health issues, uh, etc. And so I can't blame extracurriculars wholly and solely. But there were times when I could have scored 100% and maybe I scored in 80% in my academics. Um, it was hard explaining it to people. It was hard justifying it to my parents. And of course, they have a right to know what I'm doing. And they were very worried as well for quite a large portion. 
But uh, I think it, the end goal was very clear in my head. Uh, I knew my priorities. I knew that CIEs matter the most. I knew that my IB score would matter the most. And so I prioritized accordingly because my end goal was to get into a reputable university. And in order to get into a reputable university, a senior once told me that, look, the grades are going to get you in, but it's the extracurriculars that are going to get you the scholarship. And that's something that, you know, a lot of students realize in AS or IB year one, it's too late. It's honestly too late to suddenly bring, build an extracurricular profile because these universities are looking for consistency and development. How consistent can you be within a year? Like, how do you show consistency within uh, an experience that you've been doing for less than a year, technically speaking? And so, you know, because I had that end goal very clear in my mind that I need to get into a reputable university and I know extracurriculars are needed for that. But at the same time, I cannot compromise on my CIE grades. I can't compromise on my IB grades. I think it made everything very easy because I knew when to focus on what. That's amazing to hear. You've been a national swimmer as well, right? How does it feel to be a woman participating in such a male-dominated sport? How did you tackle the criticism that comes with it? And how did your family support you? Alhamdulillah, I'll start off with the fact that I have a very family, a supportive family uh, in this regard, uh, with my father being my number one supporter through and through, all the male figures actually being my number one supporters through and through. Uh, of course, wherever you're doing something different or doing something that goes against society's norms, you will hear backlash for it. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I was amongst the very lucky ones that heard very little backlash for it or heard it through uh, the internet predominantly. Uh, there were some documentaries that were made and featured of course, when you go through comments, you find out stuff that you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but I think that being a woman in a male-dominated sport really allowed me to understand where these stereotypes are coming from. And I think the most important lesson that I learned from being, you know, a woman in this space is that if there are, you know, 15 people criticizing you, 10 of them at least will be worth talking to because they're going to change their minds. Yes, five of them are going to be radical. Five of them are going to, uh, you know, no matter what you do or say, they will hold their ground. And that's okay, that's their perspective. I'm not doing anything wrong. I knew that within myself. Um, the 10 people who are open to conversation, a lot of the times they have preconceived notions. They have misinformation that has shaped their views. And they're not very difficult to change, honestly. All what it takes is one, conversation, but the key within that conversation is tamiz, right? If you talk about something with tamiz, you will never listen to it. But if you take a viewpoint and understand that you have concerns, tell me that I will take care of them. I will give you an example. Someone said that women should not be in this sport because the dressing is Islamic. I told them that, uh, you know, this is what Islam says about dressing. And they were under the impression that when we have our competitions, men are allowed. This is the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. When uh, women are competing within swimming specifically, no man is allowed inside. And so, with you know, women participating in swimming specifically, that was cleared as a result of a two-minute conversation, right? So, uh, it's really important to have these conversations. Panch log zarur aapko usi tarah, you know, zaleel karte rahenge. Lekin dust log agar change karenge na apna dimaag, to those may be 10 individuals for you, 
बट दोज आर जनरेशन्स एक इंसान का दिमाग चेंज होने की वजह से उनकी आगे की जितनी नस्लें हैं उनका दिमाग चेंज होगा तो यू हैव मेड अ डिफरेंस सो डोंट बी स्केर्ड टू होल्ड योर ग्राउंड डोंट बी स्केर्ड टू कम्युनिकेट बट कम्युनिकेट विद रिस्पेक्ट अलॉट ऑफ द टाइम्स हम और बहुत नेचुरल सी चीज़ है कि अगर कोई आपको अटैक कर रहा है तो आप जज्बाती होंगे यू नो यू 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 विल फील दैट अर्ज टू गो एंड गिव दम पीस ऑफ यूर माइंड एंड ऑनेस्टली आई चेंज लॉट इन दैट सेंस आई वॉज द सॉर्ट ऑफ गर्ल हु give my peace of mind to anyone who you know came and said something unjustified then i realize it's not getting me anywhere it's not getting my sport anywhere it's not getting it's me doing an injustice to the women who want to access these opportunities but can't so maybe if i change my way of talking then people will be more receptive to hearing and maybe those women will then be able to access these spaces and so um from a woman in a male dominated sport my genuine request is if you're in a position wherein you have that power to influence someone else do it the only way for you to do it is to hold conversation and the only way for that conversation to be impactful is if you do it with respect hear them out and try to understand where they're coming from so that you can pinpoint those areas where they are incorrect and inshallah in more than 70% of the cases they will be uh, open to change that was truly beautiful to hear um you're an inspiration to young women and men both who struggle to manage things side by side not only that but you have become an example to youth that they can do whatever they want to do if they put enough effort into it right we at enlightism are very impressed to hear that you achieve so many things may you continue to do so in the future and this is the end for our podcast thank you so much for taking your time for us Thank you so much for having me, and I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely hope to see this page succeed. I really respect the work that you guys are doing, and inshallah, inshallah, you guys are going to generate amazing impact. Thank you. Allah Hafiz. Allah Hafiz.